evening, family. How's everyone doing? Hey, good, awesome. Well, I have been privileged uh, to share with you tonight on the topic of miracles. And so I'd like to start by asking you guys all a question. So please participate with me as much as you can. I want to ask you, how many of you have actually gotten into a car and driven to a place without knowing where you're going? Hands up. Whoa, that is awesome. Two, 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 okay, four, five. Okay, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> that's really cool. And then my second question for you, um, how many of you use Google Maps or like a GPS navigation guide? Okay, I also do these. Yeah, awesome. Now, my other question is, how many of you actually, I think this might be not for the younger generation here, but how many of you use um, an old like map, a road map to guide you where you need to go? How many of you have actually used one? There at the back, I know my dad's here, he's used one. <laughs> so wait, hold on, it was dad, and then who? I think there's two others. Wow, that's amazing. That is so cool. That is really, really cool. Um, and then I also want to ask you, how many of you call a friend when you are lost, um, you know, when, when you're needing directions? How many? Cool. I often do that, okay? I'm just being honest. <laughs> cool. But I love Google Maps, okay? Um, but in a normal setting, we don't just get into our cars and just drive anywhere without knowing where we're going or how to get to our end destination, okay? For me, I actually um, plan my route on my GPS or Google Maps, so I'll look at my beginning starting place, so that will either be at home or wherever I'm at, and then I will choose my end destination. And then on the Google Map app, which is so amazing, it just shows you the route, and it shows you how, you, how long you're gonna get there, like maybe it's like 12 minutes, 20 minutes, um, so we do plan. Um, we don't just get into our cars and drive wherever we're going, just like that. Unless maybe you're taking a road trip and you're like, ah, I'm just gonna like point my finger and like put my finger on the map somewhere and just drive. Maybe, maybe if you do that, that's pretty cool though. Um, but in the same way we use navigation, GPS or Google Maps to guide us to our end journey, um, God uses miracles to help navigate us as we, we go along our journey to our future destiny. Because our God is a personal God. He is so intentional um, about him wanting us to know him more. He, he has given us his name. I know that uh, my friend Casey and Christy have spoken to you about those names in previous sermons, like Jehovah Rapha, God is our healer. Uh, Jehovah Jireh, God is our provider. And he is really intentional because he wants the best um, for your future destiny. And so he'll use miracles to help you navigate um, on the road of life. So if we can have Jeremiah 29 verse 11 on the screen. Okay, um, most of us know this, but it's such a, one of my very favorite verses. Um, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. God wants to give you a hope, full of a future full of hope and destiny in him. He wants you to fulfill every desire of your heart um, because he, he knows who you're becoming in him. And that's important to him. Um, so miracles are defined in the Merriam-Webster dictionary as 
an extraordinary event that manifests a divine intervention in human affairs. Okay, I'm going to say it again. And miracles is an extraordinary event that manifests a divine intervention in human affairs. Okay, so tonight my sermon is titled A Divine Intervention because I've seen God's hand in my life in divine ways that I cannot explain, and that is miracles for you. It's just um, uniquely intentional by God because He loves us and He wants the best for us. So I'm going to just share with you a little bit about my testimony um, about a job opportunity that came my way, um, how God divinely intervened in, in that job. So I have fully studied to become a teacher. I'm a foundation phase teacher, grade R to grade three. And I graduated in 2014. And when I graduated, I was actually doing my prac at a school um, called Settlers Park Primary School. Lovely, beautiful school. It's actually <laughs> it's across the way from my house. So that was one of the reasons I wanted to go there. It was <laughs> it's just across the way. No, no, I'm just kidding. It's not. Um, but a lovely school. And um, while I was there, I... I was, do, I was serving in um, the special needs classroom, a wonderful ministry to serve in, but I knew clearly I had served for a whole year, and by the end of 2015, I was like, you know, God, I know that this is not where, you know, my, I was going to fulfill my purpose and destiny um, in, in that special needs ministry class, and I actually... Um, you know, decided I actually want to do grade one. That was, was, that actually was on my heart. I wanted to do grade one or grade two. And lo and behold, a grade one position opened up. And I, I actually got out my fleece, okay? And I said to the Lord, because I was like, Lord, I, I really want to be obedient to your leading and your direction. And I want you to help me um, to know where I'm going to put my my foot next, like where am I going to? Um, and so I spoke to the principal and he said, Stace, um, I really, we really need you in the special needs class. We can't, we can't actually take you up right now for the grade one position. And I just knew, okay, this is a shut door. Um, so God was, God was leading me divinely in another direction. So my friend told me about an amazing job in Neisner and I was like, oh, this is so cool. I'm going to be like out of the house. I'm going to go with my friend. We're going to have an awesome time. And um, I got to Neisner. And there was, so I got, for, I got a job interview at, at a school there. And um, I also put out another fleece. Okay, so I would really like to encourage you, like, um, with being obedient um, in God's leading and direction, may require you just to ask him because he is intentional. He is loving. He wants you to ask him to help lead you in your, in, in your journey. And so I asked him, I was like, okay, God, um, if this is you, then I'm just going to have this inner peace. I just, I'm going to know. And I know that the inner peace from the Lord is a peace that surpasses all understanding that God's your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. There's no peace like Christ that I, I can tell you, I, I've, <laughs> I've done many things, and I know the peace of, of Christ. And it was so funny. I actually got to the school, and I'm on the grounds at the school, and I'm like this. And I'm like, I get out of the, my friend's car, and I'm like, oh, my word. I know this is not 
we are meant to be. And I'm like, the interview is in 10 minutes, and I have to, to go to, to this interview. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do the honorable thing. I'm going to go, um, go to the interview and just, um, you know, do it. And I got there. Um, the people were lovely, lovely people. Um, but uh, I just knew in my heart when I spoke to them, I just knew there was one thing I also um, want to just leave you with that's also important. A goal for me is when um, you're looking for a place of work, this is for the young people as well, as well as all of you here as well. If you're looking for a place of work, my goal is to always surround yourself with a great community of people that are in fellowship with you, okay? Because work is where you spend most of your time. So um, so I get there to um, the the interview, and it was really terrible. Sorry. I um, How many of you have had really bad interviews? Okay. Yo, yo, it was really bad. Um, but anyway, they're amazing people, but I think I just felt interrogated a little bit. Um, I don't think they're meant to do that. I just felt that way. And... Um, yeah, I, I actually went home, and my dad can testify to this. I was crying so much. Um, I was like, God, I don't think that I'm going to get this job. I don't know if this is where you want me. I had that peace, and I knew that I was not meant um, to be there. And then um, I come back. I was actually in Nasna for that weekend. Friday was the, the interview, and then on the Monday, I was back at school, and I get a call after school. And it's the principal of the school. It's a woman. And she said, Stace, I just want to let you know that congratulations, you've gotten the job. I was like, oh, my word. Wow, Lord, you are amazing. <laughs> but I know, um, I just know his voice. He was just like, this is not where you're meant to be, Stace. Like, Nazan is a beautiful city, but it is um, not where I've, I've placed you. I, I'm calling you for something bigger. And I was like, okay, I don't know what that bigger thing is. Um, so then I, um, yeah, I, I said, sorry, ma'am, I'm not going to take the job. But this is what I actually said. I said to her, I have a piece about this. And it's so funny. Like, I think my friend did tell me that she may have not been saved or something like that. But she kind of didn't understand what I was trying to say. I said, I don't have a piece. I, I really can't take this job. And she's like, no, why? You have, you know, um, there's this job opportunity is like, it comes like, you know, once in a blue moon. And there's so much finance in, in this, in, in a teaching post, because it, it was a governmental post. And um, I said, I'm sorry, I, I just have a piece. And then the next day, I got a phone call from the deputy. <laughs> they were really mad with me. Uh, <laughs> And um, shame, no, that was so sweet. Um, but then they said, uh, the, the, the gentleman was like, listen, Stace, um, I really think you need to take this job. You're really, you know, um, you're putting down um, a really good job um, for your future. And I was like, sir, I really, I'm just going to tell you what I said to, to our principal, your principal. I, I'm so sorry. I have a piece. I just know this is not where I'm meant to be. But thank you so much for the opportunity. And that was that. So, it's November 2015. I've just resigned. I put in a terms notice for my job at Settlers. So, now I'm in this place of, okay, now I don't know what I'm going to be doing next year. That is just audacious faith for you. Just You don't know what you're going to do next year? It's so chilled. So, um, a week after that whole um, phone call, I get another phone call. 
and it's actually from my pastor. So I was fellowshipping at Harvest Christian Church at the time, and I was like, okay, there's two reasons why my pastor would call me for him, um, Pastor Grant Walters, lovely man. Um, so he said, okay, so sorry, he, uh, I'm saying two reasons. So the first reason is he wants to have coffee with you and just see how you're doing, or the second one is he wants to ask you to volunteer as a kid's ministry leader. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> that was cool. So, yeah, he, I thought those are the two reasons. And then um, when I got um, into his office, he was like, Stace, I want to offer you the job of being the kid's pastor of Harvest Christian Church. And I led um, the kid's ministry there with 250 kids from newborn all the way to grade seven for five years. And it was incredible. I had the best time of my life. Um, God was so good. Um, and yeah, um, I just want to share a story that is almost exactly like that one um, from the Word, um, from Exodus. Um, so God's chosen people, the Israelites, were a lot like me. Um, they didn't know their end destination in God. They didn't know where God was going to be taking them. Um, and they had to trust and put their faith in God at the time. Um, but the whole setting of Exodus is basically the background um, is the Israelite people being delivered from 400 years of slavery from Egypt. And uh, Moses is an advocate on behalf of, of the Lord. And he takes them on this journey, and um, he takes them into the wilderness. And so my story starts. It's going to come up on the screen. Um, where it's The title is Israel Defeats the Amalekites. Okay, so it's Exodus 17, verse 8 to 16. While the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Am Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow, I will stand at the top of the hill, holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army, and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. After the victory, the Lord instructed Moses... Write this down on a scroll as a permanent reminder and read it aloud to Joshua. I will erase the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar there and named it Yahweh Nisi, which means the Lord is my banner. He said, they have raised their fist against the Lord's throne. So now the Lord will be at war with Amalek generation after generation. So we clearly see in this incredible story how God has divinely intervened for the Israelites on their behalf. I mean, in the story, the Israelites were in the wilderness at Rephidim, and they were open and exposed to um, any enemy. 
And now it was an, an Amalekite army, and they wanted to attack them. But what God did was he um, sent Moses to go to the top of the hill and use his staff. Um, and as he reached his staff over the Israelite army, they were, they won the, they were winning the battle. And when his arms grew tired, then the anointing was lifted and they were losing. So um, Aaron and Hur knew this and, and put Moses on a stone, held up the staff of God over the Israelite army until sunset. And then um, the Israelite army won. How incredible is that story? So amazing. So I want to just um, put together, I've put together a few points just to encourage you through this story. Um, trust God and the journey. As I said before, um, our God is a personal God. He's so relational. He wants to get to know you. He wants to um, grow you in becoming more like Christ each day. He knows who you're becoming. So he wants to become um, every part. Um, he wants to become involved in every part of your life. He actually called himself Yahweh Nisi as a reminder, the Lord is my banner to the, to the Israelites, that he is their protector. He would protect them and rescue them from the enemy, the Amalekites. How beautiful is that? Um, requiring a divine intervention means that um, it means that you need to be obedient to his leading and his direction. I can really testify to that, as I, I said in my, um, my story about my job. You really need to be obedient to his leading and direction. Sometimes it may cause you to be like, oh, going out in faith, and it's so scary. But um, when you have the inner peace of Christ, there is none like the inner peace of Christ. The peace that passes all understanding that God's our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. There's nothing like it. And also requiring a divine intervention of miracles in your life. Also, you need to listen to the voice of God. Listen to him and listen to um, what he's saying about your situation. And how do we do that? Um, we need to um, be close to him. We need to get to know him in the secret place. Have a relationship with him. And we need to connect with him. And that's how we hear his voice. Sometimes you don't hear, uh, normally hear a audible voice of God. Some, that's amazing if you do. But I hear that inner voice of the Lord. He directs me. My second point is this, rerouted. So a divine intervention may cause you to um, get rerouted. As I said in the beginning with the GPS, with Google Maps, if you take a wrong turn, it's like, you're going the wrong way, and the voice also tells you. <laughs> yeah, the voice tells you, going the wrong way, wrong turn, wrong turn. Um, so, yeah, um, but many, the, some of us are facing many difficult circumstances in our lives, and we may get overwhelmed, and um, maybe some of us have chosen the wrong direction in our lives. Um, but God is so good. He is um, a God of faithfulness. He will help you to be rerouted to get back onto that pathway and to set you in the right direction because he is so faithful. I've taken many wrong turns in my life. 
I mean, I think I told my search people that I've done three gap years. And I thought in the time I was doing those gap years that it was wrong. And everything that I did in those gap years, I studied fashion, I studied art, um, I just worked. Um, those were so important for my destiny right now as a great art teacher. They all impact my life right now in an, an amazing way. Um, so my next point is carpooling. So in order to get to where we need to go in our future destiny, God uses miracles um, in community. Community is so important. Um, we need to surround ourselves with people who are for us, who believe in us, who value us, not just for our gifts and our talents, but who we are. I, I surround myself, uh, I've got good friends sitting right here, I've got good church community, I've got good spiritual moms and mentors that value me and will, you know, be in the back seat, you know, or <laughs> in the front seat and they'll challenge me, they'll say, Stace, I'm not very happy with what you're doing right now, or Stace, can we talk about this? Um, I just want to challenge you on this, um, you know, if I'm walking in the wrong way or doing something wrong. Um, it's so important to be in community with, with your fellow um, church community and friends, people that value who you are. So you need to carpool. So in, in closing, um, God has a plan, an incredible plan and future destiny awaiting you. And he uses miracles as a way of encouraging you to, to get to your future destiny with a fulfillment and a purpose in him because he knows who you're becoming and he values you greatly. Um, and so I want to just let, like leave you with a few points. How can we apply this to our lives? Um, and I said this before, we need to spend time in the secret place. We need to get to know our God, Holy Spirit and, and Jesus. We need to, to get to know his leading and direction and being obedient to him. And what does that look like? That's just trusting in him. And maybe sometimes it's that walking out of faith um, with him. Um, like I did when I, with my job interview, I just had to walk out in faith because I knew the voice of God. I knew that inner peace from him. Um, and then if you do take a wrong turn um, or there are circumstances or difficulties in your life that may have caused you to take a wrong turn or you just feel like you're completely lost or overwhelmed like you know when Mo Moses's arms was um, getting tired and you know he felt overwhelmed and Israel was losing the battle we sometimes we feel like we're losing our battles and we need our community to come up on either side of us like Aaron and her and all hold our hands up and lift us up um, because they believe in our destiny. It's so good. And um, connection is key. We need to connect with others and, and surround ourselves with people who believe in us, who believe in what we carry, who value us, and they discern and see what you carry. Um, I had the real honor and privilege of spending some time with the Evergreens yesterday. <laughs> yesterday morning, and what a privilege it was to spend some time with them. I, I, would, I love receiving advice from them, and 
um, learning from them. And that's who I want to spend my time around. I want to get to know people that want to just invest in what I carry, um, you know. Um, so our focus should be ultimately on Jesus because he is the author and perfecter of our faith. And he is the greatest miracle of our lives, guys. And yeah, just want to encourage you that um, miracles are both small and big. And um, you can definitely see his hand in, in his leading over your life in, in an incredible way. If you just um, spend time closely with him, getting to know him as well, because he really wants to get to know you too. And he loves you. So yeah, be encouraged. And yeah, thank you. Okay, um, so I would actually um, like to, uh, yeah, the worship team can come up as well. I'd like to actually just pray over you, if that's all right. Can we hold our hands out in front of us? Cool. Um, yeah, dear Heavenly God, we just, I just want to say thank you that you are Yahweh Nisi. The Lord is my banner, Father God. Thank you that, Lord, you are um, there to protect us and guide us in our future destiny, Father God, through the amazing blessing of miracles, Father God. Thank you that you sent your son as the greatest miracle and gift to us um, in of all, Lord. And we just we just want to ask you, Father God, tonight, if um, if we're feeling like we're um, at a place where we've taken a wrong turn or we lost or um, circumstances have held us back, Father God, and we're needing a miracle and we're needing someone, our friends, our community, to hold our hands up. Father God, I just pray right now, Lord, that you would stir the hearts of the people here tonight. And Father God, may they just um, experience your fullness in every way. We thank you so much for who you are, Lord. You are so good. Oh, Father, you are so, so good. You are the God of miracles. You are a way maker, Father God. Oh, we love you. We glorify you. Thank you, Father God, for divinely intervening in our lives in such an incredible way. Oh, we bless you, Father God. We bless these people here tonight. May you divinely intervene in their lives in an incredible way, Father God. And I know it looks different for each and every person because you're that God. You're intentional. You're specific. We thank you, Father. We glorify you and we honor you. In your wonderful name we pray this. Amen.